Marini's Media. Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. This week, hearts went a thumping and Kelly made a killing, but the Staggies couldn't clear the air as United bested Ross County and Clyde won the Bonnie Battle. However, the biggest shock this week was Fort Williams' first away league win since 2016. Unless you look at Google, in which case they didn't win. Ah, the internet always getting it well wrong because actually, yeah, Fort William actually did win. They won away from home. I'm Andrew Slavin, and joining me in the studio, a man shocked by nothing, it's JJ Bull of The Telegraph. Hey, JJ. Hello. And editor of Copper 90, Finn Marks. Welcome aboard. Hello. Your first one of 2020. It is, new decade. Welcome back. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, happy to be back. Good. Let's start Finn, off. Finn did say Happy New Year, though, which I think is too late, the 20th. Yeah, well, you can't. I, I, the, the I'm calling him out on it. The sentiment remains the same, it, it, but this is, the, this is the first time I've seen you guys this, this year. And yeah, you, but I, you, you have to nice. cut it off. Yeah. Okay. You have to cut it off at least by, I would say, the 15th. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I can't handle the small talk after about the third. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off with them um, talking about Sky Sports because they made Aberdeen part of the NFL. Did you see this? <laughs> yeah. I did. And I've got to say in their defence that like it's very easy to make these mistakes when you're a producer or something like that on a TV thing. And I don't think for one second you haven't made a mistake like that, Slavin. Uh, BT Sport, have the, you? The very first thing I learned in television is. An eye for detail, attention for detail is everything. And the one thing a TV producer hates is graphics. <laughs> it's a nightmare. But, I mean, there's a big difference from Aberdeen and a, a, an American sport. I wonder who's going on, because there must be like a short code or something to type in. Like, So it's a 49ers, wasn't it? So yeah. Maybe they've typed in a 4 than an A. It was it and was the Forty Niners in uh, it was Aberdeen instead of the Forty Niners. It should have yeah, been yeah Green yeah, Packers versus yeah. versus them. Uh, weirdly, I mean, no one cares about the two things people in life don't care about. It's your fantasy football information and dreams <laughs> you've had. But uh, not only am I awful <laughs> fantasy football. Also, I dreamt that Aberdeen were playing on Sky in American football two days before that came up on really? the thing. So in a way, I might have thought that and put it into their minds the junior producer whoever who made that this era. was before this happened this was before are, are you giving us a bit of an insight into the recent American takeover in the future for Aberdeen not just as a football club but an American football club perhaps and hosting NFL games but I'm some sort of Nostradamus figure that you should all pay attention to oh my god anyway well, it's quite funny when they, these mistakes happen when, like, when they get the wrong club badge because it makes people so wound up Sky don't care about Scottish football at all <laughs> yeah. it's actually just someone who doesn't know anything about Scottish football who is accidentally putting the wrong badge I think <laughs> my, my, my favourite one of all time was one where it was uh, an interview with Derek McInnes I'm pretty sure it was Derek McInnes but they brought up the lower third of Pep Guardiola <laughs> so yeah, I like read that. into that what you will you're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Well, let's get into the Scottish Cup. Let's not predict anything. Let's look back on some stuff. The game of the weekend probably has to be, it is, Dundee United 2, Hibs 2. Dundee United coming from behind twice to set up a replay in Edinburgh. Goals coming from, unsurprisingly, Lauren Shankland. And also an absolute lovely finish from uh, Louis Aperi. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Aperi! It is outstanding! And Dundee United level for a second time in this tie! Magnificent from Aperi! Cancel out, cancel out Christian Doidge and Martin Boyle. Pretty decent game, this. It was. I, it's, both the Hibs goals, I thought, were pretty good as well. The the, the build-up play for Deutsch's opener, I think because it was um, Boyle with a through ball. It was a fantastic yeah. little a little pass through and a great finish as well. And then Boyle took his goal absolutely fantastically when it came as well. It's really good to see him back. I just think he gives something completely different to He's to making Hibs. a difference to Hibs since he's, since he's returned goals and assists. Shows you, it doesn't matter what system you play. It's all about the players that you've got in. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it, it does matter to a degree. I mean, I don't sound like... I don't know, Graham Souness' dad, but like you do need to have the system in place. But Boyle, yeah, and I love that the way that the way he placed that ball in the bottom corner because it when you when you anyone lines up a shot from there, you're thinking, oh, what's the point of that? You know, you're not going to score. It's not a high enough quality expected goal chance. You shouldn't be doing that. 
but he proved me wrong. Yeah, well, I actually thought he, he was probably too unselfish at times, and that was the time that he wasn't unselfish, and, he, and it was an absolute lovely shot. But, I mean, um, we built this game up as a bit of a measuring stick for Dundee United, and I guess they can hold their heads high because one thing that... Robbie Nielsen said was that when you're in the championship even if you're doing really well there's still that doubt can you do it against the top teams in the country and I think today we showed that we can and it was against I guess it was it's that level of intensity at the top level of the Scottish game that maybe some of these players aren't always prepared for but they match them yeah I think the difference you get in the uh, the step up is a better movement a lot more a lot more things are happening on the ball that you cannot, that you might not expect or are not used to, so that you have to affect the way you play. Like everyone's wondering how Lawrence Shankland would get on. It's always talking about him, but mm-hmm. when he goes to play for Scotland, because it's not that suddenly everyone is two feet taller or you know twenty miles an hour faster. It's just that there are smarter things that they do that they are that is ingrained with them. It's just sensible. It's just normal because that's the language that they speak. And I, I think I agree that Dundee United looked uh, they looked all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming back twice is is fine. Then Hibs come off the back of a break, and that's always a difference. And Dundee United really had something to prove, whereas Hibs are still trying to suss themselves out. But it's yeah, I mean, sort of a not a bad result for either, even though there's a replay. Well, this was this. There was a stat that went out that over half of Hibernians' goals conceded happened in the last 15 minutes or something like that and Jack Ross said himself frustrated not to win the game when we've been ahead twice but there's a lot more positives to take from the game than negatives so who do you think's happier Finn? I'm, I'm not too sure I, th- I think it was it's a really good benchmark for Dundee United to, to see where they are because Hibs have kind of got rid of a lot of the the inconsistencies and the really poor defending and those terrible results that were happening where I think they were drawing a lot of games towards the start of the season um, and, and losing goals from winning positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of continued. I think with Jack Ross, it's still it's a, it's a work in progress. I think the arrival of Omionga mm. is is a, a really clever one. And I think you'll, you'll give them something uh, different in the midfield as well. I think for Dundee United, it, it, it doesn't really change an awful lot. I think they're, they're running away with the championship. I, I think we all kind of expect them when they come up, because they will, that they will be not struggling for relegation. They'll be aiming for, to be a mid-table team and, and the likes of Hibs, Kilmarnock, that'll be the benchmark of where they are. So I think to get a draw there, they're kind of like almost on schedule. Mm-hmm. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good for, yeah. You mentioned Stefan Omionga. We got a question from Ross Quinn via Twitter at the Totally Show. Yeah, we do that now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Ross Quinn says, there's been lots of chatter about Omionga having six months left on his deal. Do the panel think his joining again hints towards a longer term stay? Also, where will he fit in as well he's strong? He's still not the defensive midfielder that Hibs require. But I kind of, I don't know, I... I from what I saw of him last season, he was influential in everything that was, or certainly a lot of things that Hibs were good at. And one thing I enjoyed seeing from him as a player is how much he broke up the opposition's play. That's what he's good at, yeah. He's a, I think he's more of a ball-winning midfielder than anything else, but that's what we've been seeing about Hibs all season is that they, they lack a bit of bite in the middle of the park specifically in midfield where people just go through the middle of them and he can be one of those midfielders doesn't have to play every single week but he gives you an option he gives you something different in, in games we need to get control of the midfield he can be someone that is different to Scott Allen or Stephen Allen who is of course uh, now injured for a wee while isn't he? was it two months or something he's yeah. out yeah something like that. yeah but I mean it's he it, it could be someone that you sign at the end of his contract because if he's I mean, what's he? Where's he playing it before? The first division A in Belgium. Is that the best division? Yeah, and he's and he's on loan currently from Genoa. So he was on loan in Belgium um, from there as well. Um, but he's not. He hadn't played as much. I mean, mm. Hibbs is the most, the, the longest he's had a kind of regular game time. I mean, um, an exact example of where he would fit in would be that uh, the second goal Dundee United score because as. Um, What's his name? A Perry, a Perry, a Perry, a Perry. That's why I, I, I wish the commentator had said a peach from a Perry. <laughs> As he comes across, I don't know why I put an English accent on that. I think that's my go-to. Uh, I guess that's what all commentators sound like. A peach from a Perry, <laughs> Rooney. As a Perry comes across the box to take a shot from pretty far out, he thinks one of the midfielders should come across to, to get him. David Gray chases him inside the pitch. Yeah. There should be a midfielder, I think, coming across to stop it. And that's the kind of thing that. Some some players go by never being appreciated for things they've done off the ball. 
that are just standing in a certain space because they think someone might go there. And you never know they've done it until your team concedes a goal and then you strip it apart and go, well, someone should have been there. I just kind of want to pick up the story that came out when Omionga, before he signed, did you see that oh, yeah. the, the, basically the Hibernian Football Club's Twitter tweeted out something that someone called Saul Goodman Oh man, I do love Better Call Saul, a TV show by the way, said that's some damn fine police work, Saul, because this guy's came out and basically broken down an Instagram story from um, Omionga to kind of say he has to be going to Edinburgh. Having recognised the Alps <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the, calculated the, the, the flight time and when that plane left because of the tracking the flight and when it landed to working out when that would have been published because of when he like got a signal in the air. It's magic. It was amazing work. And there might be a return for Mark McNulty as well because there's rumours of him returning to Hibernian. And Omionga also tweeted uh, McNulty saying he misses him very much. So <laughs> maybe something's going to happen there. But look, winners of the replay between Hibs and Dundee United go on to face BSC Glasgow, who beat East Kilbride 3 1 in the Lowland League battle. They're through to the fifth round for the first time, I think, ever which is especially impressive given that they were only formed in 2014. Uh, the Herald went along to BSC dressing room and described what was there. They said, The shirts are up on coat hooks, footless socks are being sorted, and one table looks as if it's been set up for a children's birthday party. <laughs> there are grapes, slices of watermelon, haribos, squashies, Dunnock's tea cakes, and cartons of Capri Sun arranged appetisingly on it. Do you see footless socks? Yeah, footless socks. The hell is that? Um, so just around your ankles. Why? So, so so it doesn't go over the um, sorry under the heel of the foot and over the toes. But why would you wear that? I don't know. Maybe extra protection for the ankles. Or From t- a sock. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I don't know. What would you call it then? What would be your prefer- preferred? I don't know. That's name? like a it's <laughs> like a leg tube. <laughs> An ankle warmer. Ankle warmer. A leg tube. Oh, JJ, you got any leg tubes? <laughs> like now when you're in a, a dressing room and you just like, you need tape for your, your socks or whatever. It's, oh, you got any leg tubes on you? Everyone remembers that time you've had that peach of an accumulator looking good only for, oh, and the keepers let it slip through his legs in the 94th minute. Or the right back has to pull on the gloves and face a penalty. Or Man United have again conceded a late equaliser. But with Paddy Power's Acker Cracker, you get a free bet if one leg of your fourfold plus Acker lets you down on all football matches and all markets. Paddy Power. Max free bet £10. Minimum odds of 1 to 5 on each leg. Online exclusive. Exclude shop bets. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. BeCampbellAware.org. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Three Premiership teams needing confidence boosters got them as Kilmarnock, Hearts and Hamilton scored 16 goals between them, conceding none against Queen's Park, Airdrie and Edinburgh City respectively. Kelly's first goal since November, it was six out of six assists for Chris Burke that grabbed the headlines here. He said he's not done that since the under-10s. It's apparently a world record. Kilmarnock 6, Queen's Park 0. What do we think of this? I can't find anything to doubt it's a world record. The highest I can find from a bit of Googling was that Xavi once set up for assists. But we can't trust Google now, remember, because Fort William uh, won and Google said that they didn't. And so. our producer, Abby, says that Vivian Miedema, well, I know she did, um, Vivian Miedema assisted four and scored six. Like six yeah, she's, women she's incredible. Chelsea. The most mm. I could find was uh, Messi's apparently had five a couple of times Is that right? in matches. A couple of times. A couple of times yeah. in matches where Barcelona have won like 8-0 or whatever. I, I, I was I was trying to find, because um, the, the one result that made me think, oh, I wonder if there were potentially more than six assists there where around about the turn of the century, I remember Australia beat, I think it was Samoa 31-0 or something in a World Cup qualifier. And one player scored 13 goals, another player scored eight or whatever. Surely in that match, there must have been one player that had at least six <laughs> assists. Maybe, maybe. Well, Alex Dyer said, Berkey got six assists and that was outstanding, but there's no bonus for that. Harsh but true. Um, there no, was debut- bonus in his contract. <laughs> getting that sorted out. 
well, yeah, maybe in his next contract negotiation. But then that could be to the detriment of the team because maybe he go for the assist rather than the goal. You see, maybe all these things to consider. We should mention there was debuts for Harry Bunn and Nicky Kabamba, who both got goals. Kabamba signed from English non-league side Hartlepool, and Harry Bunn was part of the kind of uh, the Bury side that were liquidated mm. um, in the season, and he's kind of. Start hoping he was he was in the press just before the game saying he hopes to repay Alex Dyer with the faith that he's shown in him and obviously he has done that. I know it's Queen's Park, but and no offense to Queen's Park, but Kilmarnock should be beating Queen's Park. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a good to be a good player. That's all right. I, I have seen Nicky Kapamba play by the way quite a few times for Hartlepool. I watched him in uh, Westcote today. Want to see what you think of him compared to what I've got and see how well it only six up. goals this season for Hartlepool. I know Hartlepool wanted him in the summer because he was at Portsmouth and they were unsure that they were going to get him because he's got family in Portsmouth and his girlfriend lives and works in Portsmouth so they were like, oh, family issues might not. But he did eventually go but I think at the end they were quite happy to let him go as well. Yeah, so none, none of that came up on my scout. I was watching him play football. Sorry, yeah. How does he play? <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a bumbling centre-forward. He's a big guy. He is your classic... You know, lump it up front, and he might do something. That was quite good. But you reminded me a bit of watching like Cosgrove, <sighs> a wee bit. No. Yeah, I mean, six goals he's in the tall. national league. He's tall. Ain't that great? No, but then that's a, a bit of a stramash of a league, isn't it? I mean, it's not a lot of. It can be, but you can spot the good ones. I I, I feel like I'm giving him a bit of a bad rate up here. <laughs> no, he I may mean, prove me wrong. You've seen him play ninety minutes. I've I've seen him play various. Amounts of time and, and highlights. So he's quick and he's strong, but I wouldn't class his finishing as top notch. Put it that way. Good news for Scotland, probably this because he did make his mark on his Scotland debut. Stuart Finlay's back from injury, um, and he got two in this game, so that's pretty good news. Do you know? I just remembered uh, about an hour ago. Greg Taylor, remember him? <laughs> <laughs> great move, Greg. Greg, it's great to have you at Celtic. Welcome along to the club. How do you feel? Delighted. <laughs> anyway, Stuart Finlay's back. That's good. Stuart Finlay is back. So, yeah. Hearts 5, Adrian Reigns, nil. Hearts' first win in 10 matches that saw Daniel Stendel give Stephen Naismith the captain's armband in the week. I like uh, how you said that, like it was on Sports Sound. You sound a bit like Richard Gordon there. R- really? You've taken his his inflections in his voice. Oh my God. He's from Aberdeen and I'm not. So that's a bit odd. Um, it's just inflections in the voice. Oh, it's, well. not, it's not the actual uh, vowel sounds. Well, um, Stephen Naismith duly responded by being captain um, with a goal at the weekend. I think you couldn't really have named anyone else. There was It could have been Craig Halkett, I suppose. I, I, I think it's got to be Naismith, doesn't it? Even though he doesn't yeah. play half their games because he's always... Injured. Wounded. Yeah. Wounded. I, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, it could potentially have been a bit of an interesting choice given that... Stephen Naismith is kind of the player that he's got rid of a lot, which are very experienced former, you know, um, English Premier League players, internationalists and all the rest of it. But he's obviously seen something in the way that Stevie Naismith kind of conducts himself, maybe off the pitch in the dressing room or with younger players or whatever. And I, it was interesting because I think it was kind of evident. Because like even, I think it was like still 4-0, Stevie Naismith is still, you know, shouting at his teammates, trying to keep them going, to oh. keep the focus, telling them where to be positionally. I'd lead by example. Exactly. But, see, that's a proper captain. He's basically, um, I, I don't know how much he shares in common of, on his uh, opinion of football with Stendhal, but he's must be great for certain managers for how like acting as the avatar on the pitch. That guy just snapping at you, always, well, ne- not always, but never leaving uh, defenders alone, always going. He's he's older than a lot of players, but he's quicker than a lot of players, and you can see that he's looked after himself. Clearly, a great professional, really determined, got the mentality that Hearts need. He's one of the only ones that seems to have I mean the, the boys that they let go have all been whinging and moaning I mean it's not great being let go by a club sure enough and I feel bad for everybody getting married and then getting you know uh, left out but I think uh, on that as well though the interesting thing was especially with the Christoph Berra thing it just reminded me a bit of Alan Partridge you know where Alan Partridge goes in to try and beg for a second series of his TV oh, show God. and just before he goes in to do that he's bought a five bedroom house and Tony Hare <laughs> says to him you know the BBC doesn't owe you a living it's kind of the same thing. It's unfortunate, and um, Stendhal's not doing it because you've got married, but if he sees that you're not 
what he needs. Mm-hmm. What's the point of keeping you? I mean, uh, I'm sure Stendhal hasn't enjoyed doing it. It's not like he's exactly. going. I mean, he'll probably be like, "Oh God, I'm going to come across. If this goes wrong, I'll just be." Oh, he also put the ball in their court and said, "Nobody spoke to me about this. Obviously, they're unhappy, but they never came back to me and said, no, I want to have another crack or another shot. I want to prove my worth to you a little bit.' So it just sounds so much like that whole club sounds so much like when." You know, you let's say you work in like a student bar or something like that, and then and then everyone has like yeah, and this this manager like doesn't know anything, blah blah blah, and you have your own little cliques against them. But then when this, when someone new comes in, I mean, to manage, and then you're all against them because they're changing the things that you like and the way you like it. But they're dead right. <laughs> they're trying to make it more professional, like a better bar. You remember that the good old days, even though you absolutely sucked, that like it was a terrible place to go. And I I, I think Stendhal seems to I like that he's gone in quite ruthlessly and just windmilled people out of the, out of the way to, to lay clear what he wants to do so everyone as we record this podcast breaking news but it won't be when you're listening hearts have made a signature Donis Advajai and I've I've checked the pronunciation it, is, it should be called it should be pronounced Ad, Ads Avd Z, oh, can you what? do it <laughs> Donis yeah. Advajai so there you go. I had read up a little bit about this before uh, the shows began. It looks like, and I wonder if Stendhal has a connection through here because he was on the books at Schalke as a as a teenager. I think he scored almost sixty goals in just over fifty appearances for like the under seventeens, and then he's kind of moved around. He had been tipped for big things in Germany. And he's got a few international caps for Kosovo as well, and a few goals, uh, which I believe were against Malta. So Stendhal has said prior to the signing that he will be dangerous from the wing, as always is the case. How uh, players can adapt to the Scottish footballing style, we don't know. But he's clearly a player that Stendhal has earmarked as an interesting signing and one he wants to get in. Do you guys know anything about him? Watching him on my scout right now. He's a quite he's a quite tidy player. Uh, inside forward, looks like he's right-footed, likes to shoot from range, can spot a through ball. Need to watch him play in a different team. I've, I've, the stuff I'm watching of him at the moment is him playing in, in Turkey, Trabzon Spor. Yeah, that's where he's came from. I, I would... I like to look at it optimistically and I, I would hope that the boy turns out to be a good player for, for Hearts. They need... Improvements kind of quite, I mean, quite a lot of the pitch, and they need players that suit the way Stendhal wants to play. And if he thinks that that's that this good boy can do that for him, then let's see how he gets on. Well, let's move on to Hamilton, who won 5 0 against League Two side Edinburgh City, the biggest cup win since 1922. Also, good news for Andy Winter, 17 year old, who scored on his debut. Hamilton proving that they are still the breeding ground of some good talent, Finn. Yeah, and I, I thought he took his goal brilliantly as well. Yeah, Hampton have got an amazing track record for doing this. It, it was interesting seeing the way that they played because they, I think that's kind of how Brian Rice would like his team to play every week. Because mm. they're 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 technically they've got a lot of very good players, especially the younger players coming through. They're technically always very good. I just think most weeks you have to kind of sometimes, like you were talking earlier on, JJ, you kind of have to sacrifice good football for do we want to get a point out of this yeah. and quite a lot of time teams like Hamilton or whatever have to be a bit backs to the wall just to get the results so I yeah. think it's, it's I mean it's it's a great day for for their supporters to see their team play that way and score I think it was five different scorers as well to get that variety coming through at the team is is great and if there's more young players coming through if they're anything like you know McCarthy MacArthur Ferguson yeah it's, it's great it's it is such a shame though that you know I, I was so making a point that we wanted to be positive at the start but there has been some kind of sad news regarding Hamilton that we're not just going to have to talk about the 5-0 thrashing over Edinburgh City because Monday morning head coach Brian Rice had admitted to breaching betting rules he handed um, himself in yeah. he self-reported it so fair play to him because he has has admitted that he has had a problem in the past the 56-year-old has been accused of breaching the rules in each season from the 14th of July 2015 to the 15th of October 2019. Rice, who has previously admitted to gambling addiction, faces a hearing on the 30th of January. So yeah, Rice could face a suspension of at least three matches and a maximum of 16, plus potentially a £100,000 fine, which is staggering. But there are still some matches to come. We've got Ayr, St Mirren and Aberdeen next. 
Let's have a look at a few more matches which caught the eye. Air United, one of the biggest upsets probably. 1-0 against Premier Premiership. I was going to say Premier League. Oh, he's made the cardinal error. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cardinal so, error? Cardinal sin. Oh, yeah. God. Air United, 1-0. Ross County being beaten by the championship side. Stephen Bell getting the only goal. Kelly takes the corner. Lovely header there. It's in the back of the net. It's Stephen Bell with the goal. Air United take the lead here at Somerset Park in the Scottish Cup tie. Ross County were never going to win the Cup anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's great for Air United and great for Mark Kerr, who is player manager there now and a championship a cha- manager legend. He is a championship manager. I, I think <laughs> I, as far as as far as it, it goes, of course, it is an upset because Air are in the division below. But it, really, between the teams, I, 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 from watching the game, there wasn't a huge amount. I didn't think it's just which team's going to take their chances. Ross County had their chances; they didn't take any. So. Um, I think Air, Air were good value for going through mm-hmm. Somerset Park I've been there before it's nice St Mirren 3 Broxburn Athletic 0 incredibly St Mirren had 30 shots on goal in this match but only 10% in the net as the Premiership side made hard work of 6th tier side Broxburn beating them 3-0 Broxburn manager Brian McNaughton said they did great 3-0 sounds like a smashing but St Mirren had all the play they're a better team but we stuck at it in the first half especially when you think it was tier 1 versus tier 6 we showed there's a bit of quality further down the chain another shout out as well to Broxburn who go down in history for sadly having the wrong date printed on their shirts they had the 18th of February February 2020 rather than the 18th of January that is going to be an interesting meeting between <laughs> the uh, kit man I don't know who would be in charge of that someone who doesn't want it to kn- anyone to know that it was their idea <laughs> well after a stellar performance last week and after JJ begged we had to get Stephen Hislop Broxburn assistant manager back on to discuss how his side almost caused an upset Hi Steve, how are you? Do you still have all your possessions after you told um, all of the robbers to go to Broxburn? Yeah. I think Broxburn escaped not too bad, I think, on Saturday, yes. I think uh, I think it was quite a few alarm systems were probably set up, so yeah, I think it was <laughs> I'm sure everyone appreciated that kind of heads up. I know, I should get some commission for the the alarm company, to be honest. (laughs) So how was it? How was the weekend for you? I know not the result you would have wanted, but um, some good experience. It was fantastic. It was a great day out, great for the club, great for the fans, but it was a long 93 minutes, I can assure you that. It was... uh, Listen, we knew what we were up against. The game plan worked in the first half, and then the legs just kind of went in the second. You know, the, the, the first goal, I think, was a bit of a deflection and an own goal, so... That didn't really help, and you can just—you could actually physically see the boys' heads go down after that. Um, but we battled on. We battled on. We never, in the grand scheme of things, it was a training ground match for Sunder, and there was a better in every single department. So much so that I said to the goalkeeper at the end, I said, "You'll no need to wash your jump, your jersey, because I, don't, I actually don't think it'll get over." <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, 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 the two late goals kind of—it took a wee bit of the shine off it. If it's a finish one 0 it looks a heck of a lot better, but I mean, they just the, the, the guys just totally ran out of steam, ran out of steam, and the goals in the 89th and 91st minute just were uh, a bit disappointing. But um, listen, no, what a journey it's been, and uh, they're a credit to themselves, the players, absolutely magnificent. What was the the game plan? I mean, how do you approach a match against like vastly superior opponents? Not saying you know it's not a good team you've got, but how do you approach that game? What was the game plan? And is there anything you would do differently if you next time you get a chance? Uh, not at all, not at all. I kind of get a bit hacked off when people say, well, not just you haven't, but a lot of people say, oh, oh, it's one-off game, you just need to go on attack. Why don't you go all out attack? Listen, St Myrna are playing Rangers on Tuesday or Wednesday. I can assure you they will do the exact same tactics as Jim Goodwin has said in the paper. But you, you can't go out all attack. You can maybe do it against a team that's maybe a division or two above, but you're talking an SPL team. If we had went 4-3-3 or whatever, or 4-4-2, we would have got absolutely crucified. The game would have been over by half-time. Yeah. So the plan was we played like a 5-4-1, and it was defensive. And Jim Goodwin knew we were going to do that. We had to stay in the game as long as possible, and 0-0, or even 1-0. So that's what I'm saying. We stayed in the game. Half-time, 0-0, perfect. Game plan's working. We've not had a lot of the ball. 
they only really had one clear-cut chance, which they probably should have scored. But that was it. You know, we sort of restricted them to shots for distance, and uh, we never had a shot at all in the first half. I don't think. But see, you've got to frustrate these teams. They got booed off the park at half time. The fans were getting frustrated, and it was working. It was working. And even I said to the lads at half time, even if we go one 0 down, we're still in the game. And we were. We were. The second goal, obviously, in the 89th minute, killed it. We, we went a bit gung-ho for the last five minutes. We had to, you know, we had to try and get another couple of strikers up the park and that leaves more space and uh, they exploited it. But nah, would we do anything different? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not at all. Not at all. Well, I know you, you, you'll go back to league matters now, but before all of that, will you be getting... I hear you're getting new shirts made. Who's responsible for thinking it was February? And not January. DB Wonder. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm. You can see I the funny side of it. I, I, oh, yeah, everybody can see the funny side of it. But Brock's, uh, to me, that looks amateurish, and it was just—I don't know whose fault that is. Obviously, when you get things done like that, you, you probably would have had to get it proofed. Now they've sent it over. Somebody's had to agree to that. Even the, sh- the guys who were doing the embroidering must have. They must have thought at some point, wait a minute, this can't be right. Because Brock's going to play in St. Martin this Saturday. The committee never saw it. It was the players when the strips were getting hung up on Saturday eh, on the pegs. One of the players noticed it. And it's just, I mean, hey, what can you do? <laughs> no, but, you know, listen, we might, put an, we might put an appeal in and see if we can just get the game replayed on the 18th of February. So that's maybe what the plan <laughs> Steve Heslop, Broxburn assistant manager there. One thing that I only just found out this week, I don't know if you guys knew this, but John Obika has scored two goals. His cousin is the singer Lamar. Ah. Um, yeah, I just, I'm wondering if he views... I know he is a musician. I have never listened to Lamar. I mean, genuinely, I think it would be better for me the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if he views uh, St Mirren's Survival Hopes as 50-50. It's one of his songs. Oh, that's good. Very good. I wouldn't know that. I don't know. This is crap. I don't know Lamar. Lemur. Lemur. I thought it was called Lemur. Lemur. That'd be funny. Was... He did. Lemur. Song. He had a couple of big songs. If there's any justice, it's only justice. In the world, is one of these big ones. I would be your man. You would be my girl. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, well. Unfortunately, I'm one wow. of those really pretentious people who never listens to like, radio or anything current. <laughs> just, well, yeah. let's move on. Let's talk Aberdeen Dumbarton. Aberdeen won this one 1 0. Um, but kind of news that is more interesting is if Matty Kennedy is going to move in January rather than in the summer, JJ. Do you know oh, yeah. what's developing there? Uh, all I know is Rumour the club are really good at keeping things secret. Uh, to the point where if you talk to the to the press office they, they keep things quiet nothing's spoken about until it's confirmed but Matty Kennedy they have offered Matty Kennedy a contract which he's verbally agreed to and now they're trying to work out with St Johnson whether they can get him in early which which cost a fee but I think Dave Cormack's put some money into the club so it might be worth doing and I mean he would fit in straight away into that that team plays one of the wide the wide players that would be great but You'd certainly see they could do with something because I mean Dumbarton managed to keep them quiet for ages, but mm. that was because I mean it was two walls of of players in front of their own penalty box for the entire game. Aberdeen couldn't really break them down for a while. Although Bruce Anderson missed quite a few chances. Good old Bruce getting a chance now. A lot of Aberdeen fans have wanted him in the team for ages. Oh, well. now, he, now he's there, not taking his chance. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the the transfer rumor here. What's the rumour on um, Sam Cosgrove swapping the joys of Aberdeen for the heights of New York City? Yeah, fools. I mean, if I were him, take that the second you can. Like That would be amazing. But what have they got? Uh, what, how long has he got left in his contract? Would he, you should get some good money for him, surely. Sam Cosgrove's contract runs until... Uh, I can't remember, but I did have this in the article that I wrote on him. I think they've got him for at least a couple of years. Might be what years is it now? Twenty twenty. Mm. I think it's twenty three. What do you think realistically? Back. If if Aberdeen were to sell Sam Cosgrove in this window, yeah, what would be a, a fair valuation? I mean, it depends. Who's, <laughs> that's who's so hard to answer. Him. Who's in for him? What well, New York, New York, MLS. I don't think Aberdeen would sell him for anything less than six to eight, six to eight, not sixty eight. Really? Yeah. Really. 
Six to eight million pounds. Do you know how many goals the boys scored? Like, yeah, but in the Scottish Premiership. Oh. We've had this argument before. It's not an argument, really. It's just it's quite an interesting discussion. But when you kind of label like Alfredo Morelos, you understand why he would be in the tens yeah. because of the European performances. But what, tw- over 20 goals last season? He's probably going to reach that again. Does that make you a six to eight million pound player in the Scottish Premiership? I mean, it, no, but it, he's 23. I think he's improved rapidly and he's probably got a year of improving before that's pretty much what he is. And uh, I think he has shown that with coaching, he's really developed into a great player. But the thing is that he scores and he has confidence in someone who knows how to score. He's big, which means he suits a lot of different leagues. I mean, who's the all-time top scorer in MLS? Is it not um, Bradley Phillips? Bradley Bradley Phillips. Bradley Phillips. I don't believe Bradley Phillips is that much of a better player than Sam Cosgrove. <laughs> and so you take someone like that in, and he's, he would be to play for New York Red Bulls, of course, and that's where he got all his goals. The thing is that the MLS is a much, much stronger, more competitive league now than it was when, when, when he was Bradley playing. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that. Yes, so, I mean, David Villa was playing there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this is the thing. So Aberdeen have no need to sell him just now because they can sell him for... If they were going to get £2 million for him, they'd be able to get that in two years. Cosgrove has scored he's got 11, 11 league goals this season. Uh, six in the Europa League qualifying, three in the League Cup, one in the well, one in the Scottish Cup now from there. So that puts him at twenty-one for the season in twenty-seven games. Pretty good in the Premiership. There's not many who've come close to that. But then you mentioned some that are not in the Premiership, and who, what is that opposition? I don't know. I don't know. We could debate about this. Still scored them. Still scored them. Uh, yeah, he would. He would cost. I think if Rebel would take him, I think Aberdeen would accept between six and eight million pounds. I absolutely loved from this game, by the way, and just come back to the Dumbarton game. Uh, I don't know if this happens all the time, but for some reason on, on the, the highlights, you could hear the stadium announcer after Cosgrove scored his penalty. Oh, he goes nuts, doesn't he? He does. It was like it was something from WWE. It was like, scorer number 16, Sam Cosgrove. I love that, though. Like You've got to have a bit of drama in football. Oh, it was brilliant. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was my highlight of the game. All we want to say next is Lee Griffiths. Partick Thistle lost to Celtic 2-1 and Lee Griffiths' celebration to his goal was a little bit interesting. Stuck two fingers in each ear. One also, finger in each ear. <laughs> he also, um, that was, he did that. After Klamala signed this mm-hmm, week, mm-hmm. he put out a tweet where it was a gif of him doing that exact thing. Klamala? Close. Or, no, or after, after Klamala signed, mm-hmm. Lee Griffiths put a tweet out with of a, which was a gif of him from the Celtic Christmas video with his eyes closed and his fingers in his ears. Mm. So I, I I think it's so it's not to not to kind of suggest he's not he's not listening to any of the negative um, talk which has been going around. Uh, this was put on Celtic's website. It's every striker's dream to score when given a place in the starting eleven. And fair play, I mean, Lee Griffiths is going to get chances if he keeps on scoring. And he's been unlucky this season, I suppose, because of Eduard's performances. Um, Also, Eduard is an amazing footballer. He is an amazing footballer. anyone getting ahead of him, the Celtic team is going to have to be an amazing footballer. And Lee Griffiths is pretty good. Celtic will move on in chase of the another treble of uh, trophies. Uh, they go and face Clyde in the next round, who were winners of the Bonnie and Clyde derby, as it shall forever be known. <laughs> Celtic are moving on for a treble. Quadruple treble. A treble of trophies. At the moment. Yes. Which still doesn't sound right. A quadruple treble. A quad treble. Treble quad. I don't know. Um, so let's talk about the fifth round draw. This was the fifth round draw. Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock. Either or Broth or Falkirk will be at home against Hearts. Air United are back at Somerset Park in the Cup against St Johnston. BSC Glasgow will play either Dundee United or Hibs, which is a pretty sexy tie for them. At home, um, good money for them, yeah. Which we pointed out in the last podcast that BSC Glasgow don't play in Glasgow, they play in Alloa, <laughs> which is interesting. Clyde will play Celtic, as we've just mentioned. Hamilton will host Rangers. Inverness, Cali Thistle will take on Livingston. And St Mirren will play Motherwell which is a short trip for Motherwell. Don't know why I'm talking like that. Good for that. Like Stewie Griffin <laughs> from Family Guy. Uh, um, yeah. Aidan Lanning asks uh, via At The Totally Show, should Scottish Cup replays be scrapped? That's what we want to know. Let's have a long debate on this. Yes. Mm-hmm. You want rid of them. Why? 
there's just no need. Why is there no need? Because penalty shootouts are really fun. Just go extra time and penalties. It's good. More fun than the replay and the lucrativeness of um, the likes of BSC Glasgow. If they were having to travel to Dundee United and Hibs, they now have the, the glamour of a lot of money coming to them. I don't think there is the same level of glamour from a team like BSC Glasgow playing against... I mean, who they, they're going to get? Uh, Dundee United or Dundee Hibs. United or Hibs. I don't think BSC Glasgow fans have dreamt <laughs> all their lives that Dundee United might turn up. I at, don't think. I don't. I, their, I think that's uh, being a bit unfair at their unconfirmed stadium. I think like, a Premiership sides players who are professional I think, I think players, the players coming to them. I think it's good for the players getting mm-hmm. to play against a higher a higher standard. But that's part of the cup anyway. I don't know if you need Finn, what do you think? I, I'm with JJ. I, I wouldn't have them. I think England and Scotland, I think, are the only two countries in the world that still have cup replays. And it's just, especially when there are so many games in this fixture congestion, I, I think also if it's if it's the case where you've got, say, like a team from way down in like Ayrshire or something like that and they're drawing a team that are from up in the Highlands or something and then they've got to midweek find a way of getting up there as well I just I, I don't really see the point in it to your thing about is it unfair that they're potentially losing out of revenue of a potential replay I think if it's a small team that goes to a bigger team say like a championship or a Premier League team that's great because they'll get half the gate there if they are at home they might lose out in a bit of money by not getting the potential of a replay, but they've got home advantage and they get to invite one of these clubs to their ground, mm-hmm. which might you know, be one of the factors that will help them actually win the game. And also, if it goes on TV, they make money from that. So Exactly. There's the ways to do it. And what you could do is just make... Sh- <laughs> yeah, it's just stack it so that it suits the smaller club or they get dibs or something like that. I mean, that's not ever going to be a thing. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I it's, it's, it's just fixture congestion. There's not... The games get worse when t- teams are tired and players are tired, and there's too too many games. There's too much football. There <laughs> there's is. never enough football, JJ. I don't want football. that to be uttered in this room ever again. All right, so I think we're pretty. We're all in agreement. I I, I agree with both of you. No more draws, if I'd known please. That, I gone the and I also I would also <laughs> go on and, and say because you mentioned it earlier on as well. No extra time, full time, and then penalties. I believe. I don't think we should have any extra time. Well, Do you I mean, agree? we've got to have golden goal. Come on. Oh, we're going to bring that one back. Yeah. No, France no, 98. Well, World I think Cup. Right. So much more exciting, right? So remember when the last pl- time it was used. Remember when you're playing Pro Evo 4, yeah, right? At uni, was. and you're playing against your mates. You don't have a replay. You have a replay. You decide it then and there, and you have extra time than penalties. Or go, well, golden goal than penalties. You've got to do that. <laughs> That's what they should goal. do in the Scottish Cup. Be really exciting. I don't think golden goal, but I'd, I'd yeah, definitely you, extra time and penalties. You, like you like extra time? Yeah, I don't mind it. Why? I just think it's a, a, an extra time winner is better than a winner in 90 minutes, I think. Well, regardless, we want to get rid of replays. If you disagree, you can always get in touch with us and have an argument with us at the Totally Show. <laughs> you can do it in one of our live shows as well. Well, yeah, we'll get on to that in a little while. So first of all, we're going to find out more and get all the latest odds with our man Lee Price at Paddy Power. Right, I've decided I'm going to climb aboard the Stendhal Saloon and I like the idea of hearing hearts. Scottish Cup winners. What price have you, Lee Price? Hmm, I like the sound of that too, but I'll tell you what I like the sound of more. The odds on it actually happening, and that's 14 to 1. Pretty chunky. That makes Hearts our four favourites in the market to win the Scottish Cup, behind Aberdeen at 12 to 1, and then the obvious two at the top of the betting. Celtic are marginally ahead of Rangers there, but they're not odds on to win it as they have been for the last god knows how many years. They're 6 to 4 to win the Scottish Cup this season, ahead of Rangers at 2 to 1. Looking ahead to midweek, what's a Kilmarnock 1 0 over Celtic going to get me? <laughs> Crikey, you're loving the shocks today, aren't you? And this one would definitely be a giant. Killying, wouldn't it? I'm not sure that one works. Kilmarnock are ten to one to beat Celtic, so long enough as it is, with a one nil victory rated at twenty two to one. On the other hand, it might be safer to back the champions for the last three hundred years or so, Celtic. They're one to four to win this match, and just four to one to score at least four goals. And if we were to, you know, fancy Rangers go the rest of January with just wins, how much could I get for that? You wouldn't get an awful lot, which I know isn't a great thing to say as a bookmaker. Stranry have already bitten the dust, though, and St Mirren are an almighty 1-14 to to meet the same fate at Ibrox on Wednesday, with Rangers 1-4 to to then beat Hearts at the weekend. 
In their final game of the month, they're at home again, Rangers, this time to Ross County, and will be heavily odds-on to win that fixture too. So it's fair to say they've got a good chance. In fact, we expect them to do it. It's odds-on that Rangers win every game this month. So actually, after all that stick I gave you earlier, your hearts and Kilmarnock bets don't look so ridiculous just now. Well, look, I'm going to give Lee a bit more stick back here because he just pronounced Stranraer, Stranraer. That is out of order, Lee. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven and JJ Bull. Oh, by the way, did you know about our upcoming live shows in March? I knew. Yeah, you did. Because uh, we're going. Yeah, we're you doing can live see, shows. You can see me and JJ and some familiar Scottish names and faces live in person in Scotland, the best place in the world. We'll be playing Glasgow Glee Club on Tuesday, the 24th of March, and then we're in Aberdeen. We're playing the Lemon Tree, not the big room, smaller room, but it'd be really nice if everyone could come because it'll fill up and be much more fun. It's a symbiotic thing, these shows. <laughs> the audience gets what the audience receives, and the, the performers give back what they receive from the audience. Just it, come along, it'll be oh, what a great time! It'll be a good laugh. That's on the following night, Wednesday, the 25th of March. And if you want a ticket to be there, it's really, really simple. Just go to the totallyfootballshow.com forward slash events, click on the one you want to attend, and it will happen. That's the totallyfootballshow.com forward slash events. We'll see you there. Right, back to the football, everyone. Um, And Wednesday sees the return of Premiership Action. Action. Quite a few ties here. Well, it's a full fixture list. Aberdeen against Motherwell. Hibernian, Hamilton, Ackies. Kilmarnock against Celtic. Livingston, St. Johnston. Rangers, St. Mirren. Ross County versus Hearts. And we've got a question again. Gregor Muir asks, how can poor wee Celtic possibly defend against the magic of Chris? Six assists, Burke, this weekend. What would tactics guru at JJ Bull suggest beyond just not being a League 2 team? I think that's a dig at you. I don't think it's a dig at anyone. I think it's just a nice, funny question. What do you think? Well, I mean, Chris Burke's not going to set up six goals against Celtic, is he? And the, the entire game's different. So... Uh, I mean, <laughs> do I have to give a serious answer? <laughs> right. Depends who plays at right back, because Burke tends to play on the left, right? Mm-hmm. He's playing the right too, I think, but he tends to be... No, he's normally right winger, isn't he? He's on the right. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so who tr- plays left Burke's normally on the right, so it depends who plays left back. Uh, you can do it a couple of ways. You play someone like Ball and Golly, who gets right forward, and then you've got, you, know, you push Burke back. You have to play a five across the midfield, which is probably what I think Alex Dyer will do. You play a four and a five. Uh, with one striker, and then you're, you only attack with a striker and two wingers, mm-hmm. and then you make a block in the middle. Uh, and Or you could sit someone else at left back, like the ghost of Greg Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it's not up to like how Celtic deal with Chris Burke, obviously. It's going to be... How Kilmarnock deal with Celtic. Yeah, Kilmarnock will offer, offer a threat on the counter-attack, and if it's anyone that deals with Chris Burke, it's less likely to be the full-back. If it's in a dangerous situation, it'll be a centre-back on the counter. But... Uh, yeah, they wouldn't have. I don't think they have much of a problem. Can you pick a, a, a tie you're interested in here, Finn? Obviously, the tie of the round for me is going to be Aberdeen Motherwell because I think uh, when Aberdeen went to Fir Park earlier in the season, we were expecting quite a close game. I think it was 3 0 to Aberdeen. It was pretty much done and dusted early doors. Motherwell didn't put up much of a fight. I would just love to see Motherwell in the second half of the season really challenge for that third spot mm. and this will be an interesting one to see how it is but I'm also really interested to see how Hearts go out of their, their win at the weekend going up to Dingwall yeah. against Ross mm. County I think that'll be a cracking Hearts match. are so interesting just now five points adrift at bottom I, I mean this is the this is the one isn't well, it? well yeah they're eight points adrift of Ross County for that matter as well I mean they're in 11th which is below where the prophecy is foretold but we <laughs> could easily upset. I mean, you know how it's going to affect the players and anything like that. Hearts need to, well, they should be much, much better in the second half of the season, which means that the bottom two changes and then St. Johnson and Danger are coming down. Ross County are one of the teams that Hearts would replace in that danger zone mm-hmm. if they are to overtake them. I do, you think, think, do you think St. Johnston are out of trouble just yet? I mean, obviously they're not out of trouble. No, but I mean, you know, do I you don't think, think they that. could <laughs> get themselves out of trouble with the departure likely of. Matty Kennedy potentially going you know even if he signs a pre-contract and leaves in the summer will he play at his best 
until the end of the season. Yeah, I'd imagine he's a professional. I've never talked to him, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'd imagine Kennedy's not going to just say, well, f*** this, I'm going. <laughs> but could there be a mental effect on St Johnston that could affect them nah. and the team? I mean, I thought so. Everyone just knows that he needs to move on and he gets paid more at Aberdeen. He's got more chance of success and then getting a bigger move off of there. I think everyone in that team would be supportive of him going. I would have thought so. I've never talked to a St Johnston player either, so I don't know. But the, 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 like St Johnston are just not great. They've, they've had better form recently. They did well to beat Morton and they'll be in amongst the relegation. I mean, they're, they're a bottom six team, so they're going to be there all season. And what about Rangers against St Mirren then, Finn? Rangers have just been red hot for a long time they got through that really difficult period in December you know against teams kind of at the top half of the table um, and then beating Celtic of course you know they want to continue that run of form and St Mirren looks like a pretty tasty one for them too I think yeah you're absolutely right the the way that they came through a pretty potentially difficult uh, fixture list through December was really impressive especially with uh, losing the League Cup final right at the start of it the way that they were able to get themselves back on and, and then go to, to Parkhead and win. I think they were really poor against Stranraer. Uh, yes, even Gerrard came out and said that a lot of his fringe players again have let him, da- let him down. And he said the same thing after they they, play, uh, they were in Dubai uh, over the winter break and they played, um, I think it was Lokomotive Tashkent from Uzbekistan. Oh, those guys. Ab- <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uzbekistan yeah, champions. Yeah. <laughs> What's the wise they, earlier, yeah. <laughs> they, beat them, uh, they beat them quite comfortably, but even after that, I think it was 6-1, Stephen Gerrard said the same thing. He said a lot of the fringe players, some of them have made claims for you know patient for the first team a lot of them have actually gone the other way so it's interesting uh, that game Nathan Patterson it'll be interesting he made his debut and was should have been man of the match against Stranraer but um, you know the the sponsors man of the match was Steve Davis because the sponsors always want to meet one of the big players <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if he keeps his place for the St Mirren game I don't think Rangers will have too much trouble against St Mirren at home that's it for this week's show thanks to JJ thanks to Finn and also thanks to the Little Kicks for our sexy theme tune we'll be back next Tuesday well I won't be back next Tuesday because I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be in Bournemouth but I think JJ you might take the helm there Burgle's and finally, house <laughs> yeah Burgle JJ's house uh, a final thank you Not as well mine. to Super Producer <laughs> you're going to be in Bournemouth yeah I know Burgling yours yeah but you'll be here <laughs> Anyway, thanks to Abby as well for our awesome producing skills and from all of us here on the Totally Scottish Football Show. We'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football Network at The Totally Show on Twitter and make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Hello there, football fan. My name's Lindsay Hooper and I'm here to tell you about another podcast that just might catch your interest. It's called the Offside Rule WSL Edition and every week it's me and Kate Borsay talking to a load of former and current footballers plus those in the know talk about what's going on in the world of women's football. So if you love your football and want something a little different, then give us a try. It's the Offside Rule WSL Edition, available right now, wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Offside Rule WSL Edition, because women's football is for life, not just for every World Cup. Muddy Knees Media.